also like we really have to wrestle with like Paul, his writings very much speak out like as leadership, you die like so that others may live. Like you give everything you got so that others may live. You're listening to the Pocket Pulpit Podcast with Sarah Kinzer and Hector Martinez, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey, Hector. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? It's going well. Should we do an intro? Well, yes. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pocket Pulpit. Uh, just we're, We threw you right in the middle of the conversation with Sarah and I. We've been talking for a little bit offline, and we're so excited to, to, to just do a, another another episode just kind of reflecting and, and talking about the journey so far. And, and, you know, maybe we'll get into some people that we've talked to, but we're really just kind of looking at um, just our seeing what we've seen in, in the online space lay of the land, if, if you will, at least what we've seen. I, I think, I think it, it's a, it's a little uh, what's the word uh, prideful to say that we know <laughs> the entire lay of the land. Uh, but at least what, what have we seen and, and what are we thinking and, and where, are, where are our minds and hearts at in regards to online ministry? So would you say that's fair, Sarah? I would say that's fair. I would not say it's unfair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I have excited. I think uh, I've come to really enjoy like our conversations with guests. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the, those conversations. And I think one of the things that I appreciate so much, because I listen back to them because yeah. obviously our voices are great, yeah. um, but I listen back to them uh, and just, we, we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it offline that like they're very timely in our own lives, not only for when we recorded, but when we listen back to them and, and think about where we find ourselves and, and even amidst schedule changes and moving a, an episode back or forward, um, just finding that, that was a word I needed to hear yeah. uh, personally again. And, um, but I also, I just, I want to say that like, I enjoy these conversations. You know, our first two episodes was you and I, mm-hmm. I would say leading up to the first two episodes, there was a lot of conversations back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then even in the middle of some of those guest episodes and just saying like, what did, what did we learn? What, did, what have we seen so far? And uh, so I'm just looking forward to this conversation. I've noticed that since the about the time that we joined the podcast network, there was an uptick in dreaming Hector and like you spotting things and the ideas like you, you just have been sending me names and thoughts and links like sometimes a billion a day. And I love, yeah, I want to talk about those, but I also like, we have a friend who's just recently started sending us in the past few weeks started sending us tweets when she sees yeah. tweets about online ministry and that like i she sent us one either yesterday or today and it was just like you know it just does my heart good that this friend of ours is like seeing what we see mm-hmm. and and like thanks i'm gonna send that i'm gonna send that to hector and sarah like it it does my heart good that the people are picking up what we're laying down, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think the, the thing that immediately comes to mind is I, I'm the digital discipleship pastor at our church. And that really is the heart of like, we've, we've tried to model it, I think, and, and not necessarily with like a huge strategy of like, you know, this is exactly what we're going to do in post, but just more of like, 
here's the heart behind what we're doing. And we're going to, we're going to walk in that and hopefully inspire others to as well. And so I see that as a form of discipleship of we're going to model it and inspire so that you go and do as well. And, and that, that isn't to say that the models of like, that are closer tied to, you know, you got to obey and you got to do like, there's a way to tie that in without it feeling like a, a, a way or like a forced thing. This was just a friend sharing that. And several of the listeners as well have, have sent messages or tagged us in, in posts, um, or we've seen people who are, are responding in their circles, in their posts of, oh, I listened to the episode. Wow, that was so incredible. You know, and then speaking kind words about that person that they already know, but it's this conversation around digital ministry. And I think it's, it's helping to normalize some of that as like, this is good work and pushes forward the very thing that we want as the church, which is relationships, and which is talking about the power and work of the Holy Spirit for God's mission. So how has God been blessing you online? Mm. Like yeah. how, how have you been getting ministered to? Oh, uh, well, I, I think several ways. And so, you know, I, I think we've talked about it several, several times on the show. And so it's no secret, you know, we're, we're in a DM group together. And there's a number of us online that over the last two years have met and just kind of been in this small, you know, group of people who I think, I think it's one thing to be in a DM group with people online. It's another when it becomes online. community. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, I'm getting married in a few weeks, and it's so exciting. Um, and we put out a website, and we put out a registry, and we were like, here are the things that we would like. And if you don't get them for us, it's fine, you know. And as the twos that we are, we're like, we're not expecting anything. Don't serve us. Don't help us. But here's a registry, right? And. I will tell you, I sent this to our group today because our group surprised us with not just one, not just two, but a, a few things off of our, our list that, you know, on some level can be like, oh, that's just, you just put that on there because you wanted it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend money. But I think the heart behind this, this is what, what I, I really appreciate is the note that was left was very much in line with the heart that we have of like the home that we want to set up as we're married and we're working towards even before is one of hospitality. And our community not only like showed hospitality to us in buying these things, but the heart behind why. They knew that, that these things would be used for the heart. And for me, that shows we know see you we love you and and it's not just we clicked by on the cart it's that there was some intentionality behind that and i know some of that that story and i'm trying to not you know share all of it because i think there's an intimacy there that is is beautiful and sacred but but just wanting to know like that was one way that like online that was to me online ministry that i was ministered to and i i say about when people talk, I've seen people talk about their DMs on the feed. Yeah. And whenever that happens, there will be people who say like, well, I wish I was cool enough to be in a DM or I wish yeah. people wanted to be in a DM. 
And I would really encourage if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I wish I had that kind of community, like make that kind of community. Yeah. Like there are other people who want to be in DMs. Um, and, and our DM wasn't like there was some sort of application process mm-hmm. and like some sort of um, survey you had to fill out to see if you were cool enough to be in it. Cause I made it. So I made it. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, some, some people were just started a group DM and then yep, added yep. a few people in and, you know, we've just continued on. And there are, there are people who like within the DM who are in other group DMs, there are people who are not in any other group DMs. Um, and, and it's, it's fine. Like just look around the, the timeline or your feed. If you want to be in that kind of group and say, who would I like to be in conversation with and send that person a message and say, Hey, listen, you're really encouraging to me. Like, and this person encourages me and that person encourages me. And I think that we would have wonderful conversation and at the risk of being like, Hey, do you want to be my DM friend? You know, yep. do you want to be my DM friend? Yep. Go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, along that lines, it's like, you know, I've been invited to a couple DMs and it's like, you know what? Hey, I really appreciate the heart. And I, Cause I think on the other side too, of like, sometimes you can feel like, can I really keep up that many like smaller circles? Mm-hmm. It's okay to say like, Hey, I might not be able to be in, in two or three. I can be in one, like one and like really committed. And I think when we, when we approach them as relationship and as like, I, I will get to know the people on the other side of this avatar and of this DM group, like there are people there is where that beauty will happen. Like if the intent is not only, I just want to be in a group chat just to be in one, but the intent is, as you were saying, like, Hey, you are really encouraging to me. You sharpen me. You, you uplift me on days that, that aren't, or on the time I see that you are someone like, can I, can we just be in like a group? And, and the truth is, is like, we all want community. Yeah. We're built for it. If we really get down to the nitty gritty of what we believe about God and creation, we were built for community. And, and I, I want to acknowledge also that it is painful sometimes yeah. to feel like the one that like, oh, I'm never in a DM group or no yeah. one wants to be in a DM group with me because that's the reality we see in physical places sometimes. Yeah. We have to acknowledge that. And I want to acknowledge that. And the online space affords us an opportunity like no other to create and foster that type of community that we want. Yeah. Actually, I saw a tweet from Kate Boyd, who's been on the show this morning. And she was saying, right, like the online online relationships are real relationships. Online friendships are real friendships. And they have caused and stirred up not just oh i have online relationships but the things that she's learning about online relationships are now the things that she can advocate for in in person relationships mm-hmm. and and that's something you and i have talked about that if our online interaction does not 
affect our physical interaction. Um, and we have to ask like what we're doing online and, uh, or, or, or what our motives are. So I know that was a lot, but. Yeah, there's been a, I've had a lot of thought recently about building the community like that I, that I want and engaging the people. And I, I don't, it's very rare for me. It's very rare. I've said this before. It's very rare for me to block somebody because I want to have a, a diverse group of opinions, right? I did tell someone recently that like, I, I had to, I realized recently that I haven't subtweeted anybody in a long time. And that was because I sort of got to a place where it was like, if somebody makes me feel like I'm, I need to subtweet, I might need to mute them for a little bit. Mm. Not, not because, and it's not like this person is an infuriating person. It's just, I've got to be able to manage myself, Yeah, you know, and passive aggressive posting is not me managing myself well. And so there are times that I like, I, I felt like subtweeting, um, someone who is well known, but, you know, would have no idea who I am ever. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I had to stop and say, okay, I can go one of two ways. I can um, quote tweet this, this famous person and be like, this is so wrong. Or I can subtweet it, which does nothing except for like, let me express my, my pettiness. Or I can stop and think, okay, if that is not, if I don't want that message communicated, do I repeat that message and say it's wrong? Or do I say, how do I engage people in the inverse conversation? And so that's my goal is to stop subtweeting and to start engaging people in the inverse conversation. Yeah. Every once in a while, there will be conversations on the, the feed about, well, the community I see is, it doesn't fit me. It doesn't suit me. You know, I live in a neighborhood and not every house in this neighborhood is a house that would have me over for tea or whatever, you know, but we're all in a community together. And so part of what I try to do with my follows and things is to like, if there is a people group that I want to hear more from, I specifically look for those people and then follow them. And then I look who they engage with. And so like yesterday, I, I, I'm with the church of the Nazarene and I do enjoy my denomination and I wanted to find more people in my denomination. And so I just asked, you know, where are the Nazarenes at? And they came out, you know, you, I mean, that was, that was pretty blatant. There's times that I thought, you know, I need more of this certain perspective speaking into my life. And then I just look for that perspective. I look where I already know it is. And then I look who that person is talking to. I look who that person is engaging with. I look at who that person is retweeting. And then I go and follow those people. You can build the community and you can build the surroundings that you want to be in. Yeah, I think back to the conversation with uh, Joe when we were talking about that with Joe Saxon about yeah. like, like we have to have enough enough of a safe place for us to show up to community. Yeah. But also, we have to be willing to make space for the 
others who are also looking for help. Yeah. And so I hear the like, hey, I, I have no space. For, like there's, there's, just, there's no space for me in this church or this group of people or this gathering. And I yeah. hear that. I, I want to say that I hear that, that critique or that complaint, not, not complaint, but that, that comment. Yeah. I want, I want, I want to be very clear that I don't see that as negative. I, I think that as we, we really look at what does it mean to be the body of Christ? Cause that's really our exploration of social media and ministry really looks at, you know, what does it mean to be the church online? Right. And, and that's in doing, but that's also in being. Mm-hmm. So some of that is, as you're saying, creating that space, welcoming that space, making that space. Um, there's something, I think it's BJ Thompson. He'll often tweet, you know, hey, sometimes like, yeah, if you see that you don't, you no longer have a seat at the table, build your own, mm-hmm. build your own table and, and make your own seats and, and invite people to sit at those tables. And I think that's part of it is. We have to be willing to, I think, make sure that we're not trying to build a table that's only people like us. Yeah. And, and that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole thing. But I, I really think that if we look to what does it mean to be the church? What did Jesus tell his disciples? So that they will know us by our love for one another. So if there is love for one another, despite our differences, Look at who the disciples were. They were different. They had absolutely every opportunity to have infighting and, well, you're not, I don't want you at, at this table because your people have not welcomed you or my people have not welcomed you. And, and so I think for us to really look at what does it mean to be in the church, online offers that of I can build this community and seek it out do the work of doing that. And again, so that, um, or, or as a, not the, but a outcome in the physical in-person church, we can also build that skill as well of creating that type of community we hope to see. I think that's really the key of, of creating the type of community we hope to see and hope to be. Yeah. And the, um, my pinned, my pinned tweet, people will come by and, and like that. It was like one of the first things I, I tweeted and I've just pinned it and left it up there because it's, it expresses like who I am, the way I think. And it says, so one of the most freeing realizations I ever had was I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Everyone is welcome at my tea party, but I'm done crying over people who turn up their nose at what I serve. Anyway, I want to have a tea party with people who like my tea. And it's like, so you talk about BJ saying like, build your own table, like, and serve your own food and, and look at who is willing to come and sit down at your table and eat with them and put more chairs out and make the table longer and just continuously do so, um, make accommodations and, but, you know, don't feel bad about what you're serving. No, God did a good job making you. He didn't make, you know, God, who I, I think I told a bunch of, I might've told three-year-olds. I don't know if I told the three-year-olds. I told somebody in the past week, like God don't make trash. Mm. Like he did a good job. You were made in the image of God. So don't look at the image of God and be like, 
I have, I have literally nothing to bring to this table. Yeah. Like God did. I mean, that's, should the, should the pot look at the potter and be like, you stink. You're a terrible potter. That's the Sarah paraphrase. Yeah. But the other thing I, I think about is like, we are as the body of Christ, we are unified. We talked about this in the past. We are baptized into, into one body. We are already unified. We need to act like we're unified, but like with unity is like an ocean. We're all in the water, but that doesn't mean we're all the same depth. It was a turning point for me when I realized that I like to go deep with people, like the minute I meet them. I meet them and I want to know everything about them. I want to know their deepest thoughts about the deepest subjects. Cause that's like, that's where the life of the conversation is for me. And sometimes, I mean, I find people who also like to go deep fast and we can just get right into conversations. If I, and there are people for whom that is overwhelming. And if I try to take them out into the deep too fast, both of us are going to drown. Yeah. It's going to be harmful to both of us. And so it's not that I need to deny myself and not be true to who I am around them, act false with them. It's just, if I would like to go deep with this person, if that's my desire, which generally it is, because I really like people. If I want to go deep with them, then I'm going to have to go at their pace so I don't drown us both. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. Cause I, I, I'm the same way. I, if, if we're having small talk for small talk's sake, like just, let's just stop. Yeah. I, I can leave the zoom. I can leave the phone call. I can, I don't know. Like I want, I want our, our time. And this is part of like, I want quality time. With people. Yeah. I want to know that the time we spent together was meaningful. Yeah. Or that it is moving towards meaningfulness. And because I deeply care about like relationship. And, and in that, that is a, like the hard thing that I've had to learn in in in-person and in online is, you know, I want that. And I, I, but that doesn't do good for someone that you talked about people drowning. Like we're going to have someone that doesn't, doesn't know how to, go deep not because they don't want to they just don't know how or they're not comfortable with it and because they were in the past and they got hurt exactly yeah and and they have not had anyone come alongside them and play the long game and and I, i really i mean that in the best sense possible it's not not a game it's not toying with people but it is this like the long strategy of here's where i want to go but i understand there are some landmarks yeah. And if I step on a if I just cruise straight through, like there is a landmine there that like is going to hurt both of us. Because in in what you just said of like some people have been hurt in past relationships that went deep because it's vulnerable. And when the vulnerable parts of ourselves are are affected and are seen and then either exploited or or leveraged against us, there is pain there that if we're not careful. The things that I want, I put in jeopardy by saying, let's go deep right now. 
And like, I don't want to talk about your cat. I don't want to talk about the weather. Or did you hear that Russell Wilson got traded and the the blah, 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 right? Like, I don't want to talk about that if we're never going to get to, but how are you? Like, 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 can we just take some space to talk about how are you? Because we've talked about all these things that you can talk about and we have not gotten to know one another. We have not gotten to, to see opportunity for like, where do you need to be known yeah. and loved? And, but, but, um, but if we're not careful, we can, I, I, if I am not careful, I can be, I can destroy the opportunity to ever get there. Yeah. With someone. And I, I think it's important, you know, when we think about, well, there were, there are people who have been hurt and like you talked about Kate Boyd, talking about online relationships are real. Um, when we think about like, I can, I can think about times that people have really hurt other people online and on any forum, you know, any platform that they could be on people have been hurt in online relationships. It is its own social puzzle to sort of work out or a new social puzzle to work out because in person relationships when you when you've been hurt by someone who is around you I, I don't know maybe it feels like when that happens online that it just it's very easy to get to sink into paranoia mm-hmm. to think because you can't see every conversation. You can't, I can look across the room and if there's somebody I know who is mad at me, I can see if they are in a conversation and looking over at me and maybe it doesn't have anything to do with me, but maybe it does. And those conversations happen so close to you and people are more more likely to come and talk to you about it and try to work those, those situations through to, to resolution. But on in online relationships, real hurts happen and real relationships get broken and and you just can't you can't see you can't look across the room and see that like this person hurts. Yeah. Not just is mad at me, but this person is hurt by me. And that person can't read me. And so I I think it it is a unique challenge that will have to be worked out as online community grows. And when we talk about the longevity, when you stick it out, like you've, we have got to work through when, when real relationships break and when real hurts happen, what, how can we work through those things in a healthy manner? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, we've talked about before too, the, the, back to normal that churches are, are trying to move towards. And that's a general statement. I, I understand that some of you listening may go, not my church, right? <laughs> and, but I, I, want, I want us to, to just for a little bit think about like what that impact in that line of thinking, that when churches go, oh, the people we were ministering to online, we're trying to get back to in person. So we're going to like, not just like, hey, we're going to start slow in the breaks and we're going to get to a point where we're going to stop, but we're just going to like, 
we're putting all our energy into on into in person. Yeah. And along the way, because I've seen this happen, we're gonna forget about the online people. Yeah. We have to make sure as as people, as leaders, as ministers, as pastors, as congregants, as people part of the church that our desire for in-person relationships, because those are important, but that the work that we're doing, and especially churches, that as the work that we're doing to foster and cultivate those does not come at the expense of real relationship. And here's the real question, whether or not you see it as such, the opportunity or, or the likelihood that someone on the other line saw it as much because if they were showing week in and week out, did you cut off or hurt? Like you have to assess that. Have you cut off someone and potentially hurt someone? Because that's a real offense to say my, my efforts, I'm not going to put any more into that. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And it's also like, this idea that, oh, we're going to, we're going to shift all of our value back to in-person. It is a hundred percent cool with me. If you say that, like God has put on your heart, this value of being with people, if you carry it out so that, okay, then you formed this relationship online. Is your value to be in in in-person relationship with the relationships that God has given you, or is your value to be in a building with structures and strategies that have always worked for you? Because if your value is in person, then you will buy a ticket and you will go sit with that person, or you will buy lunch and you will take it to that person. You will go to that person's living room. Or if, if neither of those things are available to you, you will move heaven and earth to make in-person community available to that person where they're at. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you know, don't tell me that you value in-person ministry when, when you cut off relationships that God has given you and helped you build and fostered and has blessed you and them through, and then you're going to cut it off. Yeah. You don't value in-person ministry. You value a location. Yeah. And, and let's, I mean, going on that, leverage the networks you're a part of. Yeah. You know, most churches, most denominations are part of district and yeah. state and national and even global oh. movements. And, and let's even be more honest of, do we care whether or not they're in our denomination? Yeah. Right. And so, because I, I hear the argument as I'm saying, like, well, my denomination isn't in the Eastern part of the United States and like they're all the way. And it's like, okay, so who do you know? Who yeah. do you know? Or who, or, or, or let, again, and especially in the last two years, people have up and left and moved across the country. Yeah. Who do you know? And how far are you willing to go? And, and, because I know this for me personally, are you willing to reconcile a relationship? So that someone else might know community mm-hmm. and the deeper knowledge of who Jesus is and yeah. what it looks like to follow him. 
that's hard. I'm telling, like I say, even in saying that, it pains my heart that like, that I have to reconcile some relationships if it means maybe reconcile some relationships where I was rightfully hurt. If it means that someone would be in physical community because I physically, but I know someone. So I think I I love, I mean, that's something that I've been wrestling with of how do we carry out what we say or, or do we think about what our words mean when we carry them out so that, we actually live up to the ideal that we're trying to put forward or a truer sense of the ideal we're putting forward. Um, Sarah, what are, what are some ways that you have seen or, or things, you know, you told me that I have plenty, uh, so <laughs> I'll pull some out, but like, what are some ways that you have seen, um, kind of the church still two years later, still experimenting, trying, looking to reach, maybe honing in something um, where they're trying to continue these relationships online or ministry online. I'm not, I will not be a good marketer ever. And I'm always going to not be a good marketer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a, like I've recently kind of become uh, familiar with an, an app called the discipleship place that churches can use to help their people grow deeper. And it helps them with study and helps them get to know the discipleship of their people better through this, this app that is designed to help pursue the, the kind of things that I believe churches should be measuring, not attendance, but like depth of relationship with Jesus and, and growth. And so that's, that's a really cool thing that I've seen. You've been so good to send me like specific things. I've been looking at, I don't know, maybe trends, Mm -hmm. sort of what I've been seeing, like, or these little moments where, um, like I was in my district license renewal interview, uh, this past week. And one of the ladies on my panel is a lady who was older than me and she didn't have many questions for me you know, they would say, do you, you know, they'd look at her and they'd say, do you have any questions? And she'd say, nope, nope. And then once she said, well, I had one, but I forgot it. So I was like, well, okay. And then at the end we were talking, I said, you know, I do want you to know that here's what I'm excited about. And I started to tell her, or I started to tell the panel about the pocket pulpit and about different ways that I've been able to have conversations and work in the area of digital discipleship and social media ministry. And she perked up and she like straightened up in her chair and she said, I want to, I want to have a zoom church. I want to have a zoom church. Mm. And so this is a lady who, you know, like I said, you know, I'm 40 something, I'm 41 and she is several years older than me. And so many people might look at her and say like, she's probably winding things down. But instead of winding things down, like she is getting new passion and new excitement. And she said, you know, there might be people that will never step in inside a church. Like, shouldn't we reach them too? It was like, yes. You know, like, so, so hearing the excitement of, um, this fresh excitement of a, of a pastor who's been in it 
you know, that was exciting. I've also seen another trend that has, you know, it's a little discouraging to me as we get further into this. And it is, it's probably been there. It's, it's probably the revival of the how to, how to build a platform that gets a lot of notice. And I just, I don't want to go back to that. It wasn't working. It's back to the bulletin board style of using social media. And like, um, before we started recording, you know, you talked about like, I don't want to go there if you're not going with me. Like when Moses. Yes. Don't send me if you're not going to go, because how will they know that you sent me? If you don't go, I'm not going. And we can, we can go and we can build huge cities and places. But if the Lord isn't with us, like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go build a huge platform. I don't want to gain all the influence in the world and not have the Lord with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me that like we're in our church, we're going through the series of Ezra and Nehemiah, and we're about to switch over to Nehemiah. And just that idea that like, if the builders build in, like, if the Lord is not in it, the builders build in vain. Yeah. If the Lord is not in it. The watchmen watch in vain. Yeah. Like it's either doing the work or watching over the, the city and like watching over the thing that is there. Right. If the Lord's not in it, then you're essentially wasting your time. Yes. Right. And so, no, that's, that's good. I think with online, I think there is a, um, there is a real, like there's real opportunity for us to continue, like to do the things that we say we want to do. We want to build the church. Good. You built you built on our online relationships. You you built you're building a church. Go and do it. Like you have 500 people watching your stream. Great. So how are you going to know those 500 names and add them to an email list or a small group or 50 groups of 10 on a yeah. Zoom call? Like how are you going to do this? Because there's opportunity for you to grow the church as you say now. And this is the, the part that hurts a little, stings a little. I've heard this at conferences. I'm at a conference right now uh, here in Seattle and also uh, in different live streams. But like, are we more concerned with building the church or building our kingdom in our yeah. four walls? And, I, and so I, I think there is what I'm seeing is a, a push against that idea of we have to only do the the four walls. Like there is opportunity to continue doing the things that we said we want to be about. Yeah. And in our in our mission of going to do those things, we are forsaking the opportunity that God has put right in front of us. And so I think what I'm seeing is there are people who are still so focused on it's it's there for like it's ripe. The harvest is ripe. Which bring now I remember what I was what I was thinking of was DJ Soto VR Church. I saw a tweet that he did where his church, his physical in-person church, um, they set up a room of VR so that their church could see the work that he and his team have been doing for 
years. And now in the last two years has blown up and they are doing good work. And so what they did is they, instead of saying, well, we're going to keep them separate and keep our VR going and keep our in-person, they said, no, 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 in-person church. You need to see that there's faithful and fruitful work of ministry being done. We want to give you an opportunity to see it, even if it means cutting into our time of physical in-person church. Yeah. You know, like maybe someone is, is, is in the service actually meeting, not just participating in singing some songs and listening to, to words, but meeting with someone that they never would. Because the reality is, is when we step into a room with more than 30 people, the, re- the likelihood of us getting to be known and seen by every single person in the room diminishes exponentially as we grow. So um, that was one of the things that I've seen recently as a very specific example of like, here is the melding of the two and, and, and holding it up and saying, here is good and faithful ministry that has happened before the pandemic, continued through the pandemic. And I, we're not quite out of it yet, but like church, we can move forward. We can move forward in this. And, and it's still true, good and faithful work for the gospel and for God's mission. So, so what's the, what's the tweet? What's the real fast, like you want someone to understand this about either social media ministry or about online church? Oh, uh, Jesus said, go out into all the world. Yeah. And he painted a picture of all the world for his disciples and the understanding of the world then and the understanding of the world now are very different, but the heart of what Jesus was saying is still true. Go out into all the places that people are and make disciples. That's two tweets. So that's a thread. (laughs) Yeah, That's a thread. Yeah. If I would put it out, I would just say, yeah, Jesus said to make disciples of all nations and the online spaces. Uh, are included. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I run up against time and time again, the thing that, that I'm like, I gotta, I just gotta, I have to write this down so I can just copy paste it. You know, it's that online church is more than the hour live stream on Sunday. Online (laughs) church is the church being the church online. Yeah. So when the, uh, when the church or when the pandemic shut everything down two years ago, um, I wrote this blog and, um, called I'm done going to church. (laughs) And let me tell you, people do not read blogs. They read blog titles. So if you, if you give your blog, a real catchy title, like I'm done going to church. They might just tell you um, some really mean things, but a few people did read it. And um, the point was like, I, I am, I am done with what I do with the church being called going to church. I want to be the church. Yeah. Like I'm I'm done with church being an activity. 
Yeah. Um, and that's, so when I talk about online church, I'm not talking about going to a link for an hour a week, the same way that when I talk about going, like when I talk about church in person, I am not talking about going to an hour a week of in-person, of an in-person experience. I'm talking about being the church. Yeah. I, have to, I have to say that. I'm going to say that a million times in the next 10 to 20 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to, you know, we, we both kind of expanded our thoughts. It's hard to like bring it into like one, right? Like one tweet of like, this is right. Because the, the thing is, is like, this is, is, is more, there is more, there is more. And I think when I, when I really like just sit with it and, and look out and I just say, Lord, there's so much more. There is so much more. There are people out there, people out there that I know are your people, that I know need to hear that amidst everything that has happened, especially in the last two years, like it is a pressure cooker, especially in the last two years. There is a God who loves you enough that he will use any tool at his disposal to reach you. And if that's a microphone and a laptop and a Zoom call on a podcast, he wants to tell you he loves you. He he died for you. He resurrected so that death would no longer have the, the victory. And he is life for you, not then, but also now. Or rather, not just then, but also now. And what that means and walking that out, like, I just, I get so worked up about, like, will we forsake these people? (laughs) Like, that is is the, the truth. That is the question at hand. Will we forsake these people? Because they can't make it in. Yeah. Oh. Like that is at, at the, the crux of my, like the tension of my heart and my soul is either they mattered, like, like either actually here's a, a better, a better way to phrase that, that statement is either the work that we did was for them to be connected or it was selfish for us to feel connected to people yep. to feel like we were doing good work that i think is at the heart of what we have to ask ourselves as we continue in any ministry we've talked already about like lord if you're not there if you're not with us and if you're not in that work then it is vain and it is for my glory and not yours yeah. and that's that's i think the heart of like the tension where i am is like either we were doing this for god or for ourselves yeah. And we have to be honest about that before we can move forward. Yeah. Because otherwise we'll continue building in vain. Yeah. I think we also have to be willing to the the other conversation that's like the theme, you know, when I talk about looking at the mm-hmm. the themes I see is is the ecclesiology. People want to talk about the ecclesiology. The um what is a church? And it's like I, we have to be, 
I mean, come on, we we have to be a little creative in this. We have to have a viewpoint that is not com like completely limited to our um, the last twenty years in America. Like, just come on. There was so much of the church that that the people of the church couldn't read scriptures, couldn't read. And um, the privilege of literacy and the advancement of technology to give us the printing press, to put the word of God in the hands of the people of God is an extraordinary blessing. Yeah. An extraordinary blessing. One that we have with that blessing, a great responsibility to to honor that blessing how we represent and how we carry that word out into the world yeah but the but the church existed before every person could read or the church existed in contexts and still exists in contexts where there is not a building to go to yeah. once a week or twice, you know, twice a week. You go on Wednesdays too sometimes. There are, are for long spans of history and in other contexts today, there are places where your church is the people who, who are also your family. Yeah. There are places right now that the church is in hiding. There are places right now who had a physical church to go to and that physical church is destroyed and those people are displaced. Those people are still the church. Is, is their faith less than because they're, because the practice is different than what you would call the ecclesiology of the church. Like we have got to be willing to have a little imagination and a little grasp of reality that the way we practice church is a very privileged practice. And it is a very like culturally specific and contextually specific practice. And so we have to be ready to be flexible should that context change yeah. and we are i mean i i don't think it is out of line to say that we are in a i mean when we think about what we learned in history you learn it by the decades like i think we're in a decade of shake up and change at least a decade we are in a season and i don't mean a quarter of a year of intense change yeah. of the moving of people of the um, the securities of provisions, yeah. you know, of ideologies and of systems and structures. And we have to be more married to the gospel than we are to a structure or a system that is uh, contextually or culturally specific. Yeah. Like the, 
the church of God is the gathered body of believers of those who call Jesus Lord. It's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a structure that we, like, it's, it's so much more free than, than the limitations that we put on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's a very dangerous thin line to becoming a legalistic thing of if you do not do this this way, going back to like even Acts 15, right? Like if you don't do it this way, you're not a real believer. And yeah. the council of Jerusalem saying, actually, we can't tell you anything based on scripture that this is sinful or not, but what we can tell you is to hold to things that like would keep you pure. Yeah. And follow in the ways of God. And, and and even thinking of uh, not just privilege of the building, not just like not understanding that when someone's someone's going to, it's going to brush up against them to hear this. I know because it brushes up against me too. But we have to be honest if it's just not a, if it's not just a power struggle. That if it's not just we're the ones who are controlling what's happening. And I, I don't mean that just from the pulpit. I mean that from like the church. That in our efforts to fight the culture war or be ahead, be leaders in the culture. So that's on both ends of the spectrum. Either fight the war or lead the culture, right? Um, that, that we have not just in broiled ourselves in a, a power struggle um, instead of just saying, Lord, wherever you lead, whatever you want to do. And also, like, we really have to wrestle with, like, Paul, his writings very much speak out, like, as leadership, you die, like, so that others may live. Like, you give everything you got so that others may live. And if what we're doing is so that we will thrive and others might not, we have to at least consider that we're forsaking people. We have to. And, and then the other side of that is that Paul, uh, no, not Paul, um, Jason. I, I recently talked to, to Jason Morris with Rezzy. It was on a, a cool, cool moment for me. Awesome opportunity for me. Someone that I would never talk to in my, like, I, I'm on staff at a small church in Seattle, Washington. Like, we're not, we're nowhere near getting resi. Like, that's just not in our budget. Let's, let's be honest, right? And, but we're part of this digital church network. We're on a, a, a call and talking about just digital church and what we've seen. And he mentions first John and John writes to the church. He says, how I long to be with you so that our joy may be complete. But the point he makes is he says, John wants to be in physical proximity to this church, but he writes the letter anyway. Yeah. Because John could have said, my words are not important enough unless I'm in person. He said, but actually, I need you to hear this truth from me. That God is love, that, that God is light, and someone who claims to be in light but hates his brother is actually not in light. And like all these hard truths that we love to just rail with, 
And mm-hmm. like, if you're not in the light, then you're in the dark. It's like that letter was written to a physical people. You want to talk about physical proximity and the gathering of the church. Like we read a personal letter as if it was written to us. And that like our idea of what it means to be the gathered church and what is or isn't church. Like we read letters that they had no idea would be read 2000 years later mm-hmm. as scripture, not as, not as here's a letter to be studied, but here is what we would call the inspired word of God. And it's a personal letter to a people mm-hmm. that has to, we have to see the irony in us saying gathering online isn't real. And yet we're going to read a letter that wasn't even written to us because it's God's inspired word to us. Like we have to, like those two things are intention. And um, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that's not the inspired word. I need to be clear. One of my favorite texts is in first John and, and, and I love that he wrote that letter. I love that he loved his people enough to write a letter. I love that we have these letters from Peter who, who says, like, build on your faith. It's another verse that I love. Build on your faith, the hope and, and faithfulness and the fruit of the Spirit so that you will not, um, so that, because if you fail to do these things, you will not be a mature believer. And you will not be fruitful and effective for ministry of the Lord. That's what Peter writes. And we hold to that. I hold to that. But it was a letter that was never intended for me. I am not part of the inside there. And so I could keep going on and on about this, but like we have to be careful what we say about online or in person. And I want to be, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that I don't like in-person church. I love it. Oh, I love it. I got to sing with physical, the physical gathered church for the first time in a long time where I was not behind a keyboard yeah, or I was not behind a video switcher. So I want to be clear. Physical church is important. Singing in a room of, of believers is important. But we have to, have to consider the implications of what we say when we, we look at online church, digital ministry, digital discipleship, whatever you want to call it, even online streaming, have to be careful what we say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think about, it's been a while since I've seen this, but it's not uncommon for people to say, well, it says wherever two or three are gathered, um, there I am with them. And, it's, and it's, they'll say, well, that means that you have to be gathered. And like the context of that isn't ecclesiology. It isn't, let me tell you how the church is made up. Two or three of you get together and then I'm, I'm with you. Because that's in, a, that's in a passage where Jesus is talking about dealing with sin. And if like you go and you talk one-on-one to the person who's in sin and they don't, and then you, so you take another person um, so you can work this out. And it's about these people agreeing in spirit. That's what that's talking about. If the only, if that was ecclesiology, if that said the only time that the church is the church is if two or three are gathered, like poor prisoners, poor people alone in hospital beds. I mean, 
poor, I mean, that is not my God. Yeah. Our God said, I am with you. He didn't say, I am with you if you bring a friend. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. Get a friend, get two or three friends together, and then I might come. Mm. He is with us. And he is with us with two or three. He is with us with 5,000. He is with us on our own. Mm. And I'm going to be where, where he is. So if he is, he is with the 5,000, I'll be with the 5,000. If he is with two or three, I'll be with two or three. And if he's just with me, then I'll be just with him. And I'll be good with that. And I will do church and be the church in all of those contexts. Yep. Amen. Hector, I interrupted you when you were about to tell me where else you've been seeing online church stuff and derailed the entire conversation. Oh, off. you know what? That's <laughs> fine because I don't remember it and I got fired up about because, <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, I really, when I say like, oh, I'm just like, I've, I said it to, to Doug. I don't think it, was, it made the episode, but said it to Doug, like, or, 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 or to Jeff. I think it was Jeff. It was Jeff. I am some no-name kid. When I got started in ministry, no-name kid out of s- small Pearsall, Texas. But some people are like, oh, yeah, it's by Houston. No, no, it's not. It's, it's not. <laughs> We're by San Antonio. And when I say San Antonio, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know where that is. Still don't know where Pearsall is. I don't know where San Antonio is. But but I, I am like some no-name kid up at some a small church in Seattle that, yeah, we're doing good work. Abs- I love the work that we're involved in. Work at a coffee shop that the church owns to be a part of the business district that we can actually get behind some of the things that we're talking about. That the, the neighborhood needs good business. Great, we started one. And we're part of it and lifting up other businesses. I love that. But online has connected me with people that I would never dream of being in the same room, never dream of being able to afford enough plane tickets to fly and have one-on-one conversations. Or maybe if we could all get our schedules lined up to meet in the same city. I sat with, with people over the last few months and last year I would never dream of because of online and not just to have a a conversation about like, how was your day? How is your cat? What's the latest of like, you know, the local sports team. And I don't mean, mean that in like derogatory of like, I don't care about those things. It's just, I got to talk with people about like, where's the Lord meeting? Like, how is he he continuing to do that work? And then talk to people that I would never, pastors and leaders and movers and shakers that I would not ever dream of. So I'm passionate about this, not just out of like, I've personally benefited, but like, how do I open those doors to other people? Because if what I believe about the kingdom and enriching and equipping and building people for the maturity of Jesus and the work is I want to open those doors. Even if I don't walk through them again, here it is. Go and walk. 
Okay. Some days I, I, I actually like wrestle with that. Like I'm young. I don't know anything, but the doors that I've been able to, to be invited into the rooms that I've been able to be invited into because we sent a zoom link out or we interacted with a tweet or we just simply asked. And we get to ask people, tell me about the kingdom work that you've seen. I, I get so fired up and Hey, I'll give it to you that I'm involved with it. I'm a little biased, but like, this is good work. There is good work out there. The exploration of good ministry and, and, and worthwhile ministry, like, is always going to be important. And I do, like, as a, as a pastor, I think, I think of the people out there that, like, I've been there. I've said it on the show. I've been there where, like, days on end of just, like, how, how am I going to get up and go to work and continue in the things that I'm doing? Like all my friends are leaving because they're either getting priced out of the city. They're tired of working in a city that like works against them. They're tired of looking out at a city that says it's compassionate and, and just continues to grow in people who, who aren't shown compassion and are discarded. And, and are allowed to live in filth because, well, we can't force this on them. No, there's a better way. I'm not saying move them down the street. There's just a better way. They're people. They're, they're dig, dignified. And we can help restore some of that. It starts with us seeing people as worth working with and towards wholeness and health and fullness. And yes, yes introducing them to the one name that is above every name. That's why I'm fired up about it. Like I, I could talk all day. There was somebody asked like, what are the three things you could talk about on a podcast? I like digital discipleship. I could talk about that all day because for me, it was ingrained in me that like you, you love Jesus, you obey him. If you love Jesus, you obey him. It, Maybe it borderlines on angry or righteous indignation, but when people say, oh, we love Jesus and we want to honor him and gather, and yet we're going to discard a people, there is something there that like just irks me. And, and I get that that's strong language, but we should be honest and reflect, like, have we, is that language, can it be said about us, myself included? as we explore and look and see the opportunity that if we believe the things that we believe about God, that either he's opened this door, or if you believe that he has made this way, that there is no other way, then why are we fighting against it? And we have to, we have to at least ask the question, am I fighting it because I believe God told me, or like you said, sir, am I fighting it because it it makes me uncomfortable because that is not a way I am comfortable. I don't know how to do that. I know how to do the other thing. I don't know how to do this other thing. But if God's over there, why wouldn't I go over there? And so I, and again, we've said it on a few other episodes that we are for the physical gathering. For me, I have to wrestle with, Am I obeying? Am I, am I seeing? Do I have eyes to see? Do I have ears to hear where God is moving? 
And do I have feet that are willing to go? Yeah. Hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Hector, it's been a good conversation. I'm, uh, I am looking forward to meeting you in the same room. I'm looking forward to, I've already met you. I'm looking forward to existing in the same space as you in a couple. Coming soon, it's like 50 days. Yeah. Which we should, we've been meeting to do this. We should say we're, we will be taking a little bit of a break in May, uh, just Either either late April or early May. We don't really know. But I'm gonna be married. I'm gonna be off learning what it means to be married. And I don't have time to be editing this show. No, I'm not gonna complain <laughs> about it. I love doing this. Trust me. I love, love having these conversations. We're just gonna take a break. You know, yeah, we're gonna give Hector and sweet Angelique a little time to themselves. Yeah. You know, it'll be great. Put their stuff in the same location and eat dinners together and absolutely yeah i just say you're my you're my husband you're my wife isn't that cool and then just to stare at each other and smile that's That's how it goes you can just be excited for it just like the movies just like all the christian movies no it's just like (laughs) all the all the movies i don't know that i I don't know. Um, I don't think I know any couples who have gotten married who haven't then said, "You're my husband. You're my wife." Wow, that's so cool. I think it's just a it's a common experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, looking forward to it. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break. I want we want to give you a little bit of a heads up that we'll be taking a break. But the, the the conversations are continuing up to up to May and, and even beyond. But uh, I'm excited for some of the conversations that are that are coming, uh, some that we've already recorded and some that we haven't, and uh, just continuing to explore. I, I think even like in, in having more of these conversations where we go like, what's the importance of this? Is this still important? And bringing others to show that there are places and spaces that we still have not seen and discovered. Uh, it's a land unknown. You go to Twitter, there's like the, the land unknown or the unknown is the location of the pocket pulpit podcast. Oh. Part of it is because there is so much to explore online in regards to ministry, because here, here's going back to my earlier point. The disciples had no idea there'd be some kid in Pearsall, Texas, who needed to hear that Jesus loved them. But they still obeyed Jesus. They still went out. And, you know, scripture talks about a, a group of men and women who turned the world upside down. And to this day, that message is still going. That movement is still going. And uh, I'll just say this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be done. <laughs> you know, just the same way that you, you don't want to be in the way of a wave in the ocean that's coming uh-huh. and you don't want to be unaware of it. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to fight against it because you're not winning that battle. Yeah. You either ride the wave or you get, get swept over. Yeah. Or you get out of the boat or you get out of the, the, the water, right? Like yeah. you're either not involved at all 
you get swept over or you ride that sweet wave. And yeah. uh, and so I I want to ride that sweet wave. I don't want to fight against the wave that is God's movement. So yeah, same, same Z's. Hey Sarah, thank you so much for for just chatting. I mean, hey, thank you, Hector. <laughs> I, uh, I I here's a thought that I had. I, I want to make sure that the people know. You may know, but I really do we said it with um with joe like do we realize who we have in mind? sarah i want i want to say to you that like all of this pocket pulpit digital discipleship friend like i would not be here without the encouragement of you um, not just because you said things to me of like you can do this keep going do you want to join me in this work but also because the example that I've seen in you uh, of just just going, going where the people are, going where God is going. And it has meant the world to me to see someone do it and and to just run along to try and keep up. And uh, I really do. I appreciate you as a friend and I appreciate the work that you're doing and that those things that I, I talked about, like I see you doing them and it's inspiring and encouraging because I don't know that I'd keep doing the show with you if I didn't see it, you know, that's just honest. This work is good. And I'm really glad to be doing it with you. And I want people to know that like you're behind a lot of the work that we do here and you can get to see the doors that, that are opened or because you're knocking. So, well, I couldn't do it without you. Yeah, you could. You no, could figure. I couldn't. I couldn't. We talked about that with uh, with other day. Like, yeah, absolutely. People need to have a Hector. They can't have Hector because Hector is already, you know. For the right price, they could. Don't just. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I love you, friend, and uh, we we, we got to get going and moving on with some physical work that physical places we got to be. Yeah. But um, hey, yeah. thanks. Go ahead. I just got I got to pick my kids up. <laughs> I got to get back to a conference. So yeah. Hey, um, thank you so much for listening to the Pocket Pulpit. Thank you for the time that you give us, and and I think one of the things that we've appreciated is that um, our conversations have gotten longer. We know that. But we have seen the engagement and the work, and we're so thankful for you guys sharing that with us. So I have, I have maybe three things to ask. First is we have, we have the ability to do voice messages. Uh-huh. And so we want to hear from you because our voices, as much as we love listening to them, are not the only ones out there. We want to know how either you've seen the pocket pulpit impact you or the, the, online church, really more importantly, how it has impacted digital discipleship. Um, We've heard some stories, and I would challenge some of you who shared with me, uh, if you would be so willing to to just share those stories with us that we could share with our listeners. Um, Two, I'm going to post a Patreon link in our show notes and to our Twitter. We don't do this for money. We don't do this, like we're not making any money. But we just want to say, if you've been impacted by it and, and 
want to support this time that we're setting aside. We're going to put that in the show notes. And there's no obligation to do that. There's no perks that you get other than knowing that you're investing. Whether you believe that or not, I think it's kingdom work. So yeah. if you agree with that, uh, want to and are led to, please do. And lastly, um, you guys check out some of the other shows on the Church Digital Podcast Network. There's so much good content that is there exploring different aspects of digital ministry and online church and the how to engage people online. Uh, for those of you who are in leadership and pastoral, there, there is how to, how to care for your soul as well. Um, and then there is um, just the, the church digital show. That's just another layer of exploring what the way that the internet is going, how that's going to affect the church different stories there so please check out um those those shows and thanks again for just joining us today in this conversation exploring social media ministry i know i'm passionate about it i know sarah's passionate about it and we hope that we can inspire others to be passionate about it as well yep yep got anything else to say sarah nope you want to spit those bars uh uh Come on, you remember. Lose <laughs> yourself. All <laughs> spaghetti. Already. All spaghetti. Lose yourself in the movement, the moment. You better never let us go. Let, never let it go. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Do church online. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. Sarah, it's so good to sit with you again. And I just really appreciate your friendship and just this this ministry work that we get to do. I actually, okay. I'll say one other thing and then we'll leave. Okay. Okay. On, on my like year goals for, and and, and like our church goals for our ministry was everyone needed. Like the guy who helped walk us through strategy was just like, you need to find a second person for your ministry. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I'm raising up a second person in our, our streaming ministry, like here at our church. But what I what I've realized in the last few weeks, like I was reminded of that conversation and reminded, like, I already have someone that I'm I'm walking alongside in my ministry that is sharpening me, that is pushing me, that that gives me the space to dream. Because here's the thing, Sarah. Um, it's one thing to dream. It's another to have someone walk alongside you and go, yes, yes, that's yeah. Yes, that's possible. That's that's not like crazy. That's not wild. That's not too out there. Like our God can do that. And so um, I just want to also say that to you and say to others out there, like you may already have someone who is walking alongside you. It just may not be in physical proximity. In the same place. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. High five. See you guys. Bye. Bye.